Hey, this is The Hard Truth with Tony Schaefer, powered by Six Hour Never Settle. And on a personal note, I've always got a SIG right by me, just saying. Always. And in combat, too. So, uh, I we are on the America Out Loud talk radio network, also available on the America Out Loud podcast network. Check us out. Project Sentinel, our parent organization, and London Center for Policy Research, our other parent organization, at projectsentinel.net and londoncenter.org. And we're on Facebook, Rumble, YouTube, Twitter, and all the other social media outlets. So uh, without further ado, my guest today on The Hard Truth is Congressman Ken Buck. Ken is from the 4th District of Colorado. He sits on a couple of very important committees, Committee on the Judiciary and Committee on Foreign Affairs. And he's here to talk about uh, technology, uh, information, and how important it is. So, uh, Congressman Buck, Ken, welcome to The Hard Truth. Good to be with you, Tony. So uh, one of the things that we spoke a little bit about in the uh, in our pre-interview is the fact that um, I ran the first undercover cyber unit for DOD back in the late 90s. And uh, back in the days when I think you were a prosecutor, I don't think any of us understood the potential ramifications of, of the Internet, of digitization. And a lot of us were pioneers in it. We know what's possible. We knew what was possible because we were actually doing things no one knew was possible. Now we know it's possible. And uh, man, uh, it, it, technology, uh, like the Second Amendment and the gun, technology is completely ambivalent to the user. It, it is not good or bad. It's what the user does with it. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Crushed Big Tech's War on Freedom of Speech and, and, and why you wrote it. And I, I have some specific questions, but I just want to get your kind of general feel of why you wrote it. Sure. Well, thanks, Tony, for having me. Um, I have to tell you, this is not a hard truth. This is a really simple truth. Uh, big tech companies are using their monopoly status to discriminate against conservative viewpoints. Mm-hmm. And they they do it um, in, in uh, a way that a lot of us don't understand and don't know, but they use algorithms to, oh, yeah. to cheat. They use algorithms to to. Uh, make sure the playing field isn't level. And uh, they also are, are sometimes very blatant about it. We've seen a lot of the uh, releases from Twitter uh, as a result of Elon Musk buying Twitter and, and b- willingly uh, disclosing information. But the, uh, the, the fact is that uh, Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Google uh, have mon- monopolies in the marketplace uh, and they also have monopolies in the marketplace of ideas, right. and, and they are using those to promote their woke views. And I saw this for three and a half years in the uh, Judiciary Committee, Antitrust Subcommittee, and uh, just felt compelled to make sure that Americans knew about this and were aware of the, the cheating that's going on. Well, to that point, I, I just um, have been baffled how we haven't recognized this and as I mentioned in our pre-interview, and I just let the audience know, I actually advised senior Pentagon members. One of the Pentagon members we advised uh, was uh, uh, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Joe Dunford. And uh, several years ago, Ken, when he was chairman, my team and I briefed him on a threat that we saw about, I guess it was about eight years ago now, time flies, having to do with the fact that that Every corporation you mentioned, you've listed in your book and others, Google, Facebook, Apple, uh, Twitter, eBay, Amazon, all go about 
developing a virtual you or me. That is to say, every time we click on something, it's recorded. That is then recorded and massaged by an algorithm. They've been successful in creating virtual you and me. That basically, there's there are whole companies out there who have have basically uh, mapped us. They they actually have done that for purposes of either uh, commerce because they want to sell us something. Every time you click on, uh, you know, a, a type. I love cigars. You click on a cigars. Like next thing you know, you get five. Cig- oh, how about these over here? Same on uh, uh, Amazon. Uh, you click on, I had to buy a new thing for this. Next thing you know, I've got five microphone offers. It's all about trying to facilitate commerce. With that said, the same technology that's developed for that, for this, for commerce, is now being used to develop as, as a political tool by the left primarily, although I think everybody does it a little bit, to actually generate a process for manipulating thinking. So as much as anything, have you all thought about how we can work with the American people to give them purchase of their information? Because one of the things that's underlying to the algorithm that's used to manipulate thinking and and all that is the fact that they've taken data that a lot of us have given to them freely. I mean, we've we've signed it over and I think we didn't understand what we were signing over. Uh, But is there is there any thinking about how we could try to help regain the purchase of people's data so that they are not so susceptible or at least are aware of the susceptibility to these algorithms which everybody faces. Yeah, and and Tony, uh, I can remember back in 2004 um, hearing stories about how Carl Rove targeted pickup truck drivers in Ohio. He wanted to win Ohio and and pickup truck drivers tend to vote Republican, so he was getting out the pickup truck driver vote. And, uh, uh, you know, the same thing happens. You can buy by what people buy. If I go online to buy, uh, you know, some hunting gear, um, they they know that I am a a pro Second Amendment person or more more likely than not a pro Second Amendment person. And they can advertise to me and uh, they, they know sort of where my political views are based on a lot of the commerce that I engage in. But, right. but you raise a great point. When I go online and I search something, that data file is my property. That's, that's not the property of Google. Now, I sign a, 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 state, a, a contract with Google um, or uh, you know, other search engines. And in that search, uh, in that contract, page 23, line 17, it says somewhere that uh, anything that I search for is their property. Right. But if we really want to have a market um, and we really believe in free markets in this country, what we would do is each individual would own that data file and they would be able to transport that data file to any search engine that they wanted to. Ultimately, what happens is since those search engines can monetize that data, they will pay the owner to get the opportunity to use that. And at right. the same time, like, like I don't use Google, I use DuckDuckGo because I don't want anybody to know what, what I am searching for. And so we could have our privacy or we could sell that data and let a company buy it and, and give us money for it. But that's exactly. our property, that's not their property. So we'd like to work with you on this Project Sentinel because we believe the founding fathers would feel exactly like you. It's like, yeah, this is this is my work product. I've done this, and yet you're the one selling it. And as an extension of this, Ken, I I, I don't want to get you in trouble because I, I do get people in trouble just saying it's kind of my 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 superpower. But have you thought about talking to Congresswoman uh, Ocasio Cortez about the fact that uh, Google 
using people's data has made billions and they're not sharing that money. Have you thought about just saying, hey, go over there and look at Google. If you want to go over there, I mean, why why is it you don't you, you, people like her don't go actually after the fact that uh, I think people have just given up purchase and, and, and literally Google has made billions off of our data. How come how come the socialists in Congress don't go after them for money? Just just asking. Oh, Tony, let me tell you something. The socialists are on board with this more than the capitalists are on uh, board with this. And I, it yeah. is so disturbing to me, uh, the, the, the biggest uh, proponents of this legislation, and this is going to shock some of your audience, um, are the, the progressives in Congress. Now, they do it for different reasons. They right. think that big is bad. They think that people that have a whole lot of money are evil, and so they want to attack those folks. Right. Um, right. I do it because I believe in competition. I believe in a free market. I believe in making sure that people own their own property and they don't give it up for free right. if, if it has some value. Um, so we do it for different reasons. But these antitrust bills uh, receive much more Democrat support, and including, including AOC, right. than they received Republican conservative support. And it's too bad because the, the conservatives all along have been in favor of competition, in favor of, of the, you know, you look at the, uh, uh, the 1996 Telecommunications Act, we would not have cell phones that we have today if it were not for that Telecommunications Act. Right. We would be, still be calling on landlines. A lot of your audience doesn't even know what a landline is, but we would be calling on landlines um, if it wasn't for Congress stepping in and saying, we need competition in this marketplace. Uh, I know, it's, it's, it's interesting, because you and I are not too far apart in age. Uh, the rotary phones that we had as you know kids growing up and uh, Ma Bell and everything else. I don't. It's a completely different world, and people don't understand. Ken, this like, yeah, you just couldn't reach out and call someone. You had to like, oh, I'm going to be at uh, at Aunt Aunt Connie's house, and you can call me there. You you know, and it's just so much different. And to your point, I think there's been some really wise decisions made regarding deregulation. And let's jump into that real quick on the deregulation issue. So I, I, as part of my show prep this morning, I watched you at a conference talking about how uh, there was indeed bipartisan support on a lot of the stuff you're talking about to include deregulation. But a certain uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, basically wouldn't bring it to the House to a vote. And, and one question about that, per just real quick. Is it OK for a Speaker of the House to have flying monkeys as part of her caucus i'm just asking for friends well it, it's I'm, not by I, that's a joke for those listening but more seriously can uh is it okay for someone who's a speaker of the house to literally sandbag something that has bipartisan support like your effort with the democrats well let me, let me go one step further um it, it's it's what happened here is nancy pelosi's husband invested in a lot of these tech companies yes, right before the <laughs> hearing that we had in the Judiciary Committee. Um, we passed six bills in June of 2021, hmm. six antitrust bills. We had support in the Senate for those uh, six bills. Again, bipartisan support. Um, and uh, about a week after those bills passed, the number two in the House, Steny Hoyer, uh, went on TV and said, these bills aren't ready for prime time. They're not ready to come to the floor. Yeah. The price of those stocks went up dramatically. And then Nancy Pelosi's husband sold. He made over a few million, he made a few million dollars um, on the sale of those uh, stocks. Right. Um, and, and we have since 
uh, tried to pass legislation, I'm, I'm pretty sure it will pass in a Republican Congress, that says that a member or their spouse or their immediate family cannot buy individual stocks. You can buy mutual funds, you can invest in pension funds, but you can't buy individual stocks. And it's because of this uh, really appearance of, of conflict that, that we're trying to do this. I don't think there was an appearance. It was a conflict. And I think that's where you're you're far, you're far too kind, Congressman, for I know you have to be diplomatic, but I don't have to be. And I think that's where it's very it's very clear that the reason she would not do the right thing is because she personally and her family was profiting. And obviously, I think that's all that is something you guys are working on changing. Well, let's move on to that very issue regarding big tech and, and where this is all going. Uh, the amount of money the big tech has available to it is just uh, it's. Oh, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, there's certain folks right now trying to fight back. And that, of course, is Elon Musk and a lot of the, the Twitter issue. Um, and I don't know if you knew this. I was suspended for a year, uh, Ken, uh, because I was uh, trolling Ray Epps. I actually got Ray to respond. And literally within less than an hour of my trolling him, I was suspended. I was permanently suspended. But I'm back now, thank goodness. But I'm just saying that it was very clear because I'm going to circle the square here back to the 6th January thing, it was very clear that they did not want certain things highlighted a, a year ago because of the narrative that they were creating. And it seems to me, especially within, within the context of what just happened with uh, Tucker Carlson uh, and uh, Speaker McCarthy uh, giving uh, the, the videos out, that big tech is not, not happy because big tech signed a board for the whole insurrection thing on 6 January. And now it's it, right now, even that, even now there's an effort to dispute that, Oh, it was mostly peaceful and people just were wandering around as tourists. And I've been in the Capitol quite a bit. I've been to Rayburn. Uh, people who don't go there don't understand the rules of how to get in and, and walk around. So when those people were let in people, I think they had the pre presumption is like if they're being escort, escorted by an officer, that it's not insurrection, it's tourism. So what do you make of this? Even now, big tech trying to defend the left's equities regarding the 6th January hearings. Well, it's clearly a narrative that they want to uh, um, promote. And, and it's a dangerous narrative, frankly. I, every time I go on TV with a left leaning person, yeah. uh, you know, host, uh, they they use the word insurrection and I correct them. There was no insurrection. That's right. Um, and, and by the way, if you're going to have an insurrection, you don't aim at the at the Congress. You aim at the White House. Exactly. You, you, I've said this. You know, the, the insurrection, um, you take the president out. And I'm not trying to uh, school no, people no, you're how, right. to, how to uh, conduct an insurrection. But yeah. um, so but but what they did was wrong. Let me tell you, there were there were a lot of people that were in the Capitol and, and they were peaceful and, and they walked around and they were curious. But there's also some people that went into the Capitol. Um, I was sitting on the House floor uh, about 15 feet away from me. Um, somebody broke the windows trying to get into the House floor, trying to disrupt um, a, a House proceeding. That's absolutely wrong. Right. And, and, and those people should be punished and have been punished. Now, there are other people that have been punished that I don't believe should have been punished because they, they came into the Capitol. The, the police officers are standing at the doors. They walked by them. Nobody told them uh, you can't you can't come in. Um, but they did. Um, now, what happened was they didn't want to have a hostage situation in the Capitol. They didn't know whether these people had weapons or not when they came right. into the Capitol. Uh, right. So the police officers were there to make sure that uh, all the members were out of the Capitol, 
Then they waited for the National Guard and cleared the Capitol. Right. Um, and, and, and that, to me, was appropriate. I, I, I am not going to comment on the deadly use of force in, in the case of one person, but um, I, I will tell you that uh, for the most part, uh, what the police officers did in the Capitol on that day was was absolutely right. And, and I'm, I'm glad that they are there to protect. Us. Oh, yeah. No, no. I don't dispute that bad things happen. I'm just saying I don't understand why it took so long for a balanced view of what happened to be put out. There. Oh, I can answer that question. I can answer that question, Tony. The reason is Speaker Pelosi refused to allow there Republicans on the January 6th committee. Mm-hmm. And we were not able to cross examine witnesses um, and get the truth out at that time. And so right. now the truth is starting. The balanced truth is starting to come out. Well, that's the issue. I mean, look, um, another area that I was directly personally involved in is the Hunter Biden hard drive. And I know you guys are looking into that now. Let me tell you a little story. Back when those 51 intelligence officers put out their missive, I actually had direct access to JP, uh, to Colonel Ron Scott. I don't know if you knew this. This is some, you know, inside baseball. Colonel Ron Scott and I worked on the Loose Nukes program trying to stop them from coming here, not to get them, just saying. And uh, he was a, a honored, uh, a, a high, highly decorated Air Force colonel from the, from the, uh, from the academy. Uh, we worked together, you know, for a, on a lot of sensitive issues. It was he, Ron Scott, who took his nephew, J.P., uh, uh, the, the computer guy, he took the hard drive to the FBI. Nothing happened. They came to me to help get it going. Uh, John uh, Solomon started breaking things out. I helped John. Uh, I've, I've talked about this publicly, so I'm, I know John and I understand that I, I can talk about this since I was one of his sources. John Solomon broke a lot of this out, obviously. But when I started trying to talk about this, somehow those 51 intelligence officers who were saying that this was Russian disinformation uh, overwhelmed my voice, having had direct access, me being credible. I've got a retirement thing. Walter Jones retired me. It says I'm a senior intelligence officer and it's read in the congressional record. So it must be true. But my point is, Ken, I actually was speaking factually based on firsthand information. These knuckleheads got away with saying we think something which they knew was a lie and got away with it. How and yet we're the ones who are publishing misinformation. How is this possible? I mean, it's, a, it's a great example of uh, big tech amplifying in, in uh, really ways that a lot of us don't understand a certain yeah. viewpoint and drowning out other viewpoints. And they do it because when you, you and they changed the algorithm, Google changed the algorithm 2020 in June, yeah. um, so that if you Googled, you searched for Donald Trump, um, you got a series of negative articles on page one, two, and three. If you search for Joe Biden, you got a series of positive articles on page one, two, and three. Right. Um, and, and so people look at that, and, and especially the people that just wake up in October and try to figure out who they want to vote for, they, 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 uh, they conduct a search and they decide, oh my goodness, you know, Donald Trump is, is a scary person. Um, and, and the same thing, they did the same thing with the Hunter Biden laptop story. They do the same thing with January 6th. Um, and that's why it's so dangerous. We don't mind, Tony, when we have the Washington Post and the New York Times representing a left-leaning point of view because we have the Wall Street Journal and the New York Post and other papers representing a right-leaning point of view. Right. We don't mind when we have three or four uh, left-leaning um, uh, cable news organizations because we have three or four right-leaning cable news organizations. The problem is 94% of the people search on Google. And therefore, we don't have competition where people have a, a, a variety of viewpoints that they can learn from and, and make their own decision. 
And that's where I'm going to go with the, the last two points I want us to walk through. First, um, there's clearly a lot of outlets which promote a certain perspective. That I mean, Fox has a perspective. MSNBC has a perspective. And everybody has to accept that. It doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just the way it is. And I know it's hard to find neutral sources. I tried all my all the time to find reliable neutral sources, but it's tough. So I just read everything. Probably like you, I read everything and try to figure out often what they say from their perspective tells you a great deal of where they're going, which is important, I think. And I, I, that's why I don't like the idea. There's no such thing as mis- misinformation. It's just information. But that's where um, at one point, I don't know if you knew this, I was the national security advisor to Trump 2020. And during the Democrat uh, run up to the election, when uh, there was a debates, uh, a congresswoman named Tulsi Gabbard was running for president. I think you've heard of her. And uh, Tulsi took some shots at Kamala Harris, Senator Harris, and they were really good shots. I mean, like really good shots. And I don't want to get into it here. We could probably go down on that, down that path all, all the way. But uh, Google then voted uh, with its algorithm to shut down Tulsi's fundraising. And I don't know if you remember this. I, I actually got on uh, on uh, the Hill on on rising and sa- and and they asked me this question about what did I think as a Trump representative. About, I said it's wrong. I, I said you know I don't I haven't talked to the to President I haven't talked to Donald Trump, the president. But I, I, I'm sure that he would share my view that that's just wrong. You can't be shutting down candidates of any party. So that tells me, Ken, that's not, this is not about conservatives. It's just anybody who threatens the larger uh, construct of, of uh, the infrastructure that we face. It would, is that an accurate representation? Of what a- absolutely. It, it, yeah. it, it, one of the places I think it was most evident was in the, uh, the, the, the response to COVID. When, yeah. when you looked at the vaccines, when you looked at the masks, um, anybody who was critical was shut down immediately. We're now learning all kinds of information that is so important and would have been important at the time. Uh, requiring vaccines yeah. for kids under five years old Insane. is absolutely Insane. crazy. Insane. And, and doctors now are coming out of the woodwork saying that. Um, even for, for K through 12 students, it's crazy. Yeah. And uh, it, just not being able to have that debate is so un-American. It is so contrary to the First Amendment and to our free speech rights. Uh, and, and you had people, you know, Senator Rand Paul on the floor of the, actually in a hearing room in the Senate, questioning Dr. Fauci, and that video is taken off because it's dangerous to America. That's the kind of America we don't want to live in, and it's the reason why we need to make sure we take action against big tech and have competition in the marketplace. So the reminder of the audience, we're actually talking to Congressman Ken Buck about his book, Crushed Big Big Tech's War on Free Speech, and that's the last point I'm going to bring up, which is Section 3, I'm sorry, 230. What, what, if anything, should be done about Section 230, which allows essentially the social media companies to rule with iron impunity uh, about basically being able to control everything, yet they, they're not technically editors. They're not held accountable for the very thing you just said. I, in my judgment, Ken, they published all sorts of disinformation regarding COVID because, first off, Anthony, Fau- Anthony Fauci lied, had a study done to say it wasn't from the Wuhan lab, and we find out it was now. They were co-conspirators, as far as I'm concerned, because they didn't do due diligence and they didn't allow, to your point, everybody to have just basically comment on it. They took a side. So 
What should we do about 230? What do you plan on doing about 230? And do you think it'll be effective in, in, in starting to curtail this uh, runaway big tech monopoly on truth? You know, very complicated question. We could do five shows on, on this. That's why you're in Congress. That's why we're asking. Basically, what, what, what's happened is when, when the Internet was just a, a, in its infancy, Congress um, looked at, at these companies as bulletin boards. And if somebody puts something on a bulletin board, you shouldn't hold the bulletin board company responsible. Yeah. And so they gave Congress gave these companies immunity. And then they put in a phrase that said, otherwise objectionable. You know, you can't put uh, you can't sue these companies if if it's dangerous and, and but otherwise objectionable. And so they use otherwise objectionable to protect uh, the, the transgender movement, to protect the uh, covid response. And what has to happen is we have to delete those words otherwise objectionable and we have to really tighten to the definition for this immunity or do away with 230 altogether. And that's a debate that we've got to have after we yeah. hold hearings and really listen to the experts. So that boy, boy, howdy. And, and please feel free to call me as a witness since I was a guy who actually created a lot of this stuff. You might, Ken, you, you probably know uh, uh, Louis Gohmert, Louis, Louis and I are friends. And Louis yelled at me one day, says, what the heck were you thinking creating all these technologies back in the day? It's like, we were just doing this to defend the country. We had no idea that some of this stuff would be turned back on the American people. So God bless you, Ken, for for uh, helping fix and, and clean up the mess I helped make. Just saying, it's, it's, good, it's good that you're out there doing, doing a hard job of cleaning up. So... Uh, God bless you. And again, we're here today talking about crushed big tech's war on free speech. Uh, Congressman Ken Buck. Ken, uh, thank you for coming on. I hope you'll come back again and talk more about this with us and, and talk about some of the other things that we're going to be talking about in the, the future, energy and things like that. So I look forward to it, Tony. Thanks for having me today. Thank you, sir. And it's, it's been an honor to meet you virtually and talk to you about uh, these things, which really will make a huge effect in 2024, especially regarding uh, the next presidential election. So thank you. Great. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, 
elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. For 40 years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe, yet none of their dire predictions have come true. Temperatures have not soared, sea level rise has not been unusual, and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism and a Made in America climate plan, a plan based on real science that responds to the real world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure. A plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. For more information or to donate, visit our website, icsc-climate.com. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com. Seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. Hey, welcome back. Part two of The Hard Truth with Tony Schaefer, powered by Six Hour, Never Settle. I've always got a SIG within a foot or two of me, maybe inches, but it's always ready. And that's what I used in combat. And I had a choice of what I carried in combat, and I carried a SIG. And another shout out I forgot to mention, Cherie Curry, our, my friend, uh, is the person who does the great theme that uh, in our bumper music for the show. Uh, I always appreciate Cherie having give us, given us that as uh, her donation to the show. And uh, we are on the America Out Loud talk radio network, also available on the America Out Loud podcast network. Check us out. My team, our team, Project Sentinel and the Lund Center for Policy Research on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble. And of course, our website's projectsentinel.net or londoncenter.org. That's it. Uh, okay, uh, we just were on with Congressman Ken Buck did a great uh, job of discussing uh, his book, Crushed, Big Tech's War on Free Speech, which we've all been victimized by. I think he did a great job of kind of going through it. Chris, what do you think? How, how did the discussion sound to you, having uh, been kind of both involved and uh, on the periphery of uh, the entire issues? Absolutely. As someone who is uh, <laughs> who has been algorithmed quite a few times, I, I believe all of us have, uh, our uh, our Project Sentinel Thought to Action show has been algorithmed a few times. It's it's amazing what's going on. And the big point that, uh, that Representative Buck brings out that I found rather interesting was, yes, we don't mind if there are some news outlets that lean left because, well, first off, we need them around for a few laughs. Okay, that, That's one thing. That's really important. <laughs> Secondly, we have competition. We have newspapers. Some lean left, some lean right. There's competition. 
social networks, we have some that lean right as well, but they're more open forum than just straight right, unlike some others that are the mainstream ones that kind of lean a little bit too far to the left. The thing is, your search engines, your Googles, your Bings, if people use those, are are very left-leaning and there's no real competition. One might say DuckDuckGo is competition. Well, yes, they don't save your history and they don't follow you around. On the other nose, it's a pretty woke company all around. Yeah. Well, woke is the prevalent flavor, if you will, in corporate America today. I mean, it seems to me just from the a cursory look, you're looking at probably 80, 85% of all companies are woke. And and, uh, and and those who are not woke are too afraid to say anything. It seems to me they always kind of hang back. So, right. so Elizabeth, what did you think? Yeah, I thought that was a great interview. Um, he, um, he had so many good points. The thing about, you know, he had said, you know, most people still do use Google. And it, it is funny, you know, talking about DuckDuckGo. I know there are other ones out there, but I know every time I had to do research for 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 getting um you know doing schoolwork online when i was working in public affairs you want to do research and like he was saying you can look on google you can look on DuckDuckGo, you can look at other search engines and and actually tony you were saying that too it's hard to find anyone who's truly truly neutral but you just right. read everything and you try to use common sense which a lot of people don't seem to have but you use common sense to try to figure you know you dig deeper and i think that's Part of the problem that a lot of, I don't want to say all Americans, but it seems like especially the younger ones, they have a, they don't seem to even have a desire to really dig deeper and, and say, hmm, maybe what CNN is telling me really isn't true. And they go to Fox News and it's like, well, they say they're conservative, but, you know, they're not as conservative as they used to be. And they don't dig deep enough, you know, to really find out what's really true. They just... And also, like especially the younger people, I don't even think they watch TV. Um, you know, most of their news they get from social media. And unfortunately, once again, almost everything leans left. And a lot of my friends will say, hey, just go Google it. You know, we're talking about anything. Hey, who did this? Who did that? What do you want to find out? Google. And I always tell them, no, don't Google it. Duck, duck, go. And like you said, the company itself is woke, but they don't save your your previous searches they don't save any of your information and i i do like that so i have to tell people all the time use something other than google you know duck duck go duck duck go and it's like i've never heard of that well look it up duck duck go you know? right well one of the things though that i'm still concerned about and i did bring up to to um congressman buck is the idea that each of us have avatars out there that are created for purposes of commerce of, of politics or of, of um, purpose relating to getting you to do or say something that you may not otherwise do. And mm -hmm. I, I, it's interesting that I, we've talked about this. I mentioned we actually briefed the chairman of the Joint Chiefs on this a few years ago. What I failed to mention is that uh, they didn't know what to do. It's like, okay. And <laughs> me, well, no, I mean, it's kind of like, um, how do you not know? You know? You've got people out there making copies of us. You know, it's not like invasion, invasion of the body snatchers where they're going to, you know, Ooh. come and, and kill you and take your place. But the next worst thing, which is you them being able to basically torture you virtually and manipulate you virtually by having these algorithms. So why why is it no one's willing to take on? I mean, it seems like Buck, Congressman Buck's going to be able to take this on. But why is it that no one has been willing to look at this? Because it's something that clearly we all suffer from. I mean, you know, we've just acknowledged the fact that big big tech will target us because uh, algorithmically we fit a, fit a certain profile. So, 
here's here's the problem. We live in a society where a lot of the people who are, and, and again, I'm not going to say all young people are like this. There are people in my X generation as well who are like this. The idea is you go on Google, you go on uh, uh, whatever YouTube or 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 what do the kids watch these days? Um, uh, they, they they go on uh, Yo Gabba uh, Gabba. They go on Alta Vista these days, or 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 uh, something like that, right? Yeah. Or or AOL. They uh they they check out their their news articles that are on the headlines. Mm-hmm. That's what the kids go on. But they they see the headlines, and all of a sudden, that's the news. Because hey, why click through and read the whole thing? If you do, you read a couple of lines. Secondly, Lazy. but the other thing is this: the um the instant gratification of TikTok or the very short videos, and I do make these for us sometimes, but the fact is uh, people look at the six, the 30 to 60, 60 second videos and say, wow, that's the news. That's the whole thing. Let's move on to something else. They don't want to dig deeper to uh, both of your points. Right. Yeah. That's a problem. But, but why bother? Look, Again, Tony, you said it back in the day, we'd have to make sure we have to set meetings up. We'd have to make sure everybody's at a place at a certain time because we didn't have cell phones to call each other rather quickly. We but, had so, to, oh, right. but you guys aren't looking at my point as directly as I'd like. And I think the congressman gets it, but I don't think he knows what to do either. Again, they're p- making copies of you and me. They're making, there are at eBay, as we speak this very moment, mm-hmm. at eBay in their database, there's a virtual you or me. They're, they own they own the data that they've obtained mm-hmm. from us. And I think that should be our data. I think we should have a right. This may be something we should look at. Is that you have the right to your, you know, Chris, if someone took your picture uh, and, and they tried to use it as part of a, a Marvel movie, would that be legal? Um, no, your- on, it, it depends. Because if, there's a, if, I'm in, if it was a news picture, it's, it's a long story. But yes, they really <laughs> can't use a private picture of my own. Oh, they cannot. Yeah, and no, no. If no, all of a sudden they're, they're putting your face as Tony Stark's Stark's partner, and and making you a major character virtually through whatever technology, you're going to get a lot of money out of that, aren't you? I, I should, but the fact is, you I should, wouldn't blame them won't. for doing so. I wouldn't blame mm-hmm. them. Hey, you know what? I'd want me there too. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if all of a sudden you saw in in some movie somewhere, big movie, right. that they profited off your your image, you you you're going to get paid for that one way or another, right? In in real life, or in es- in essence, one it should be. I understand where you're coming from on this, though. Well, that's what I'm saying because the right. same thing should be the same with data. It's like simply because you, they don't see you, right. uh, doesn't mean that they're not using your likeness, and that's the key. Mm-hmm. Your likeness, right? That's what you can sue people over your likeness. If they use your likeness for, for purposes of promoting, and I've seen this a number of times where these senior citizen pictures—not that I'm a senior citizen, but I am basically—these uh, p- pictures show up in some ad. And, you know, some some notable thing. And next thing you know, it's like, hey, that's my picture. Uh, I I didn't concede to that. And next thing you know, the well, guys won a million dollars, you know. I, I have one for you. There's a friend of mine who's an author. Yeah. We used to do a lot of work booking guests, and she was a PR person at the time. She's an author. She's done very well. But apparently her wedding photo was she she's um, she's Asian. And yeah. she married a, a, a Caucasian fellow. Yeah. Her her wedding announcement fellow uh, photo was used in an article about interracial marriages. Well, there you go. And it she she never gave permission. It wow. was taken. It was taken from I I don't remember which which publication it was, and I won't say it because I don't know it. But uh, she was really angry, and she she got them to take it down. 
Oh, good for her. Did they right. offer her money first or not? Because, I mean, that's an option, too. That I don't know. But the fact is, she she was very upset about them using it, especially in an article that was politicizing, uh, apparently politicizing, from what well, I there understand. You go. But, but, um, but again, she had, she had the right to her image. Or right. The image. right. Right. She that's fought. She fought. You can do that's that. That's my but, point. Right. And, and, and so we can acknowledge, I think, here that everything we've done, even though we may have clicked through and clicked on a box saying you can use my data, it's still your data. It shouldn't be something that, that people can fool you into giving up. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, we just want you to, you know, say yes to everything we're doing. I think people have been buffaloed into think, not understanding how important their data is, because, again, Google has made yes. billions off of data. So. Mm hmm. That they yeah, have. I think that is a key point. A lot of people don't understand what it is they're giving up. It's like, oh, right. this is great. I love using social media. And yeah, not not all younger people are, you know, or that. You well, know, they're they're growing up with it now. They're growing sad. up with it now. Right. But the thing is yeah. now, the thing is now, they I don't understand. Know what the main line is. <laughs> right. I, but I understand the commerce end of it. I understand what they're trying to do as far as selling us something. But still, mm -hmm. that's our information. And a lot of the times they, they do get the algorithms wrong. Uh, and mm -hmm. that's another issue altogether. But the thing is, that's, that's our data and it's private. And and what happened to the right of privacy in America? That's another thing that's been stepped on. This is where the, yeah. and a lot of this debate over uh, over Section 230 and a lot of the debate over allowing uh, internet companies to use this or that for A, commerce, because there is a right to commerce, and for B, privacy, or against privacy, there's a right to privacy. So there are a lot of rights kind of entangled with each other when it comes to fighting this. This is what makes the whole thing complicated. But my point, ultimately, and I'm glad you guys acknowledged my point, which is, you know, why, why you're here, just to acknowledge my point. Oh, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> That's beyond that, no, beyond that, and I didn't get to this with the congressman either, is what, what about foreign intelligence? What about then if, if China oh, yeah. decides, oh, we want access to all of these avatars, and then they start gaining access because, hey, you know, I'm sure Google will sell a copy of Chris Cordani for, you know, what, a million dollars? What do you think? Well, how much would you cost to the, how much would the Chinese pay for you, Chris? The virtual you, not not that we're going to sell you down the river or anything, but how much if, would they pay for you? If they have any business savvy at all, it would be about 25 cents. However, <laughs> they might Aww. pay a little bit more. Oh, the truth is the truth. It my hurts. Point. Hey. My point is that that they would they have i mean look they did the they the chinese the prc did the opm hack they actually hacked into the u.s databases regarding security clearances so they got they, they that data why would they not pay google amazon ebay twitter why would they not just pay to get that back-end data of all the users and then do a mashup of all the information so that they can actually take a virtual you chris or elizabeth and manipulate you for purposes of 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 uh, getting you to do or say things that are not in your interest regarding the United States being an adversary of China. What's well, the thing, what do you think they wouldn't do that? Let's take I this should as get another at least 50% of that profit, whatever it is. But let's take this as another example. Tony, you're kidding. more of a public figure than we are. They'd be wasting their time if they took my face and did it. But the fact is they could, they could take your face, mm -hmm. take this footage, and uh, make you sound like you're saying something else using your voice with something called deep fakes. That's another thing that these company or a lot of tech companies right. can do. Right. This is the next stage, oh, yeah. and this is going to be horrible. It's going right. to, it, it can confuse people. The uh, big tech companies, if they're not checked now, if these search engines and big tech, other big tech companies are not checked now, they will go ahead and use this as propaganda, or at least there'll be some nefarious types that'll do so. That's right. And just, just for the record, uh, the pictures of Britney Spears and I naked on the beach are, are deep fakes. Just saying it never happened.
if they come out. Sure. Okay. Gotcha. Good to know. <laughs> well, speaking of these uh, companies. supposed to be a joke. Man, these, these jokes uh, are fun. I don't I see. You, you don't know either way. All, all I'm saying is uh, <laughs> this is this reminds me of Tony's take, one of my Tony's take subjects. So I have to is get to that time again. Is it that it's time? It's that time. It's time oh, for it's Tony's oh. take. All right. I want to get your take on this. And I believe right. I heard some of it already. There are hold senators. on, hold on, hold on, stop. Tony's takes brought to you by Six Hour, right? Never oh. settle. I never settle. I should I never should settle. Not, All right. Never settle. That's right. All right. And we're ready to go. Right. Six hour. Remember, we, we are. Hold on. Hold on. Tony always has one next to we him. We are too. all. We are sponsored by our friends of SIG. Never settle. And I've always got a weapon close to my cool. side. Always. That's SIG. SIG made. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Okay. Back on track. Senators. A bipartisan group of senators. Imagine. Imagine two sides working together are looking to push forth a bill. Actually, they announced a bill just recently yeah. to, well, I'll say, I'll use the word ban, but to tackle TikTok and other Chinese or other companies from adversary, other tech companies from adversarial nations. Right. Uh, because they can, t they can do exactly what you and the congressman were talking about, take our data and use it a, against us or as for any nefarious reason. Mm. Right. So, do, does do either of you have TikTok TikTok on your phone? No, no. Good, because if you did, your phone would be compromised compromised to that company, and 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 in conjunction with being compromised to that country, you'd be compromised to the the Chinese government. I know this is inconvenient for people to understand, but any program on your phone has pretty much access to anything else on your phone. So, right. like I said, that picture of Britney Spears and I on the new, on the beach together nude was <laughs> what it is fake. Uh, that would be compromised if it was on my phone because it's not just saying. Right, but I'm right. saying I'm, I'm being a bit pithy here. But my point is, is that anything on your phone that touches uh, the program of uh, TikTok is compromised. That includes locations. Mm -hmm. your priorities, where you go. So that's why I think it's so important for people to understand. It's not about just the program. It's about the, what the program does regarding information on your phone, what it gets and where that information goes, which is to the Chinese uh, the Communist Party, the CCP. That's what that's what the deal is. So mm -hmm. it, it's that's that's my take is that there, there's there's clear reason if you if if you've come this far into the broadcast and you accept the premise of what we've talked about in phase one, part one with the congressman and what we're talking about now, that's what we're talking about regarding uh, TikTok. TikTok is a tool of the Chinese Communist Party for purposes of downloading and maintaining essentially global surveillance on on anybody who has a TikTok program. And they get a lot out of that. So it's, uh, right. it's something clearly Good we point. should And probably make fun of us because of what some of our Americans put on that sort of thing and, and what they watch, but oh, I'm we'll sure get that another day. I'm sure they have intelligence officers watching and, and like their eyes are just like this, you know, like, like, <laughs> all, like, like 24 seven. It's like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. So they're, they're thinking one, one more generation, this should be very easy. That's what they're thinking right now. That's probably what they're thinking. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Number, Tony's <laughs> take. Let's go to this one. Here's all a right. survey. A survey out of, now again, I don't trust these most of the time, but survey out of UC Berkeley. Uh, but this is important because it's saying that 86% of Democrats in that particular survey, and again, they'll, they'll enter a UC Berkeley, uh, Berkeley uh, survey. Right. Uh, they say that uh, 
banning, well, I should say gun control. And again, likely extreme gun control, but I'm not going to put words in there. But they say gun control is more important than protecting the Second Amendment. Tony's take on that. Well, I mean, if you're a, a communist, of course it's more important because you don't want people to start shooting at you when you start taking and turning off their power and exactly. denying them food. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's more important if you're a, a commissar who doesn't want to have uh, his life cut short because people are unhappy with your uh, suppressing and taking their rights. And I think that's the thing, too. And I, I, I didn't get to it because we only had so much time. But Congressman Buck has also been doing a pretty good job on the war on woke. And he talks about uh, some of the things he's, you know, the fact that the uh, 16, what is it? The 1816 program, but what is the 16, 1619, it's all, it's, it's all retooled Marxism. It's all Marxism. Exactly. Yeah, you're and, right. And so, and, this, and I hope our audience understands most people who are listening to this probably already get it. When you hear woke, think Marxism, woke Marxism, it's, it's the same thing. And all it is is retooled for the next generation, trying to take things out of context in history, trying to make everybody who was part of our history, our founding fathers, to be bad and the country to be evil. And it's just not so. I think there's been more good. Every country has bad events. The United States, I'm critical of the United States. Anybody who watched my interview yesterday with Andrew Napolitano understands my criticism of the current leadership, and, and I think it's valid. But... Point being is that I think the United States has done far more good and in the world than, than bad. And one of the things that's permitted us to do that is the Second Amendment, which keeps us uh, fundamentally able to defend ourselves. And that means both at the individual level on the street and the collective level against the government or tyranny. So I think, it, you know, that's that's the that's my take on that. Okay, that's a good one. I will tell you that. Um, let's of course get another good. Tony's take here because this is great. These are running. These well, the takes are always good. I just had to uh, waste time to, or I had to, I had to like kind of use time to pick up my piece of paper that I dropped on the floor. Democrats aren't very happy about quite a few things. They're one not them, happy about a lot of things. No, they aren't. One of them is. Uh, I'll get to the second one. But one of them yeah. is Marianne Williamson decides ah! to run for president. Yes, and I I know her and I like she, her. The same. She did it before. Joe she Biden did. decided whether he was going to run or not. This is, yeah. and that was slightly after he tripped uh, on the stairs of uh, going towards on the stairs towards uh, uh, on the stairs of Air Force One once again. By the way, yeah. different story for different day. But right. the fact is, she comes out. She she had her words about the Democrats in 2020. She comes out very well. Her speech was very emotional and angry, actually. So uh, I think she. I think not only did she. I believe not only did she uh, uh, make this happen purposely to get attention, but she did take a few notes from her colleagues in the Democrat Party to uh, appeal to uh, potential voters' emotions. What's your take? And is there a question? Take? Oh. That, that's, this is Tony's take. So what's your take? <laughs> well, no, I, that, that is normally the, it's like, if, you know, can you phrase it in a question, please? Like, uh, what's that show? You know, with that who one? is Marianne Williamson? <laughs> who is Marianne Williamson? <laughs> <laughs> that's what a lot of well, people ask i know i so i, I look uh, full disclosure i i like her i've met her uh not for a long time but back in the 90s about 93 and um she's always had a very positive message she's kind of a new age guru which a lot of folks on the christian right don't like it's like look if you if you believe in god and you have a path to god you should be happy with that Anyway, she did, did a book called Return to Love, which I thought was very good. Uh, it sold a lot. She does a lot of spiritual things still. So I think that's where she's coming from. I can't speak for her, but I, I just having known about her, 
and I watched with great interest, Chris, because that that her initial run for president was uh, fabulous because she was such an odd duck mm-hmm. in uh, this this uh, otherwise uh, group of um, of horrible evil people. I mean, just like, come on, uh, Kamala Harris. Uh, I know, thought she was a joke uh, candidate, to be honest with you. Not, I mean, not Marianne Williamson. Yeah. I thought Kamala Harris was a joke if, candidate. If, if Satan had a had like a family, that that the Democrat candidates for president would have been that family, except for Marianne. And so I'm kind of gratified to see her back doing stuff. And some of her messages make perfect sense. But it's what's interesting. And I encourage people to go listen to what she said. Chris, most of her anger is against the Democrat Party. Just saying. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's fun. But right. she she was pretty angry. I, I, she was pretty angry. It looks like she was appealing to emotions again. This is going to be rather interesting. Another thing that really rankled people's feathers, not only the Democrats, but Mitch McConnell, the release of the footage. And I know we have a few moments. Let's get your take on the release of the footage from yeah. January 6th and the way it was uh, covered by Fox News. And it was covered by other media outlets afterward as well. So, um I've commented on this a couple times already at the time of taping, and I don't understand how anybody can be against transparency. If, if you you um, <clears throat> if you believe somehow that uh, it's in the your personal interest to have the government only telling you what the government wants you to know, then there's something really wrong. I mean, you as a citizen should like maybe go to Cuba, go somewhere where you can be comfortable being lied to by the government. You know, North Korea. As a matter of fact, Chris, can we, can we put together a fundraiser for people who want to move to North Korea or, or Cuba? Can we do something like that? A GoFundMe, unless they'll ban you. GoFundMe to say, hey, if you yeah. want to leave the country because you want to be, you know, a, a dupe, a, a stooge, we'll help you go to a place you can be a dupe and a stooge. But that's the point, is that um, these people uh, uh, who are against the release are clearly completely devoted and committed to a, a, a lie, a fraud, a fraudulent lie, mm-hmm. which is the 6th January issue. And I, Congressman Buck is the first uh, congressman I've seen for a while who actually identified correctly as like, it wasn't an insurrection. An insurrection would have been made against the White House, which was the sitting government at that point in time on the 6th of January. You can't mm-hmm. have an insurrection against a a, a, a a counting exercise. It's like, it's like saying, oh, uh, we raided a bingo parlor because they were about to make uh, laws relating to the city and what the city wanted to do regarding garbage pickup. It's like, no, they're, that's, uh, you know, they may be talking about it as part of as they play bingo, but they're not, they're not making policy. And that's the same thing here is it is very clear that this was not anything to do with honest and, and direct accounting relating to the government. And I think that's what we have to be very clear on at this point is that anybody who's against that, is as i said a soviet i've said this before and so it's they're trying to cover up soviet level wrongdoing where the state the media big tech and the democrat party all come together to try to try to force the american people to believe something that is patently untrue so that's my take on that and that brings us full circle because it again brings up your conversation with with Congressman Buck. And if anybody who's listening hasn't heard it yet, check it out on the Malcolm Out Loud podcast network if you haven't heard it already on the radio show. That's right. So it's the America it, Out Loud right? podcast network. Are we done? <laughs> is this another rap, Chris? Are we almost it, done here? It is, in fact, another rap. Wow. And it went so fast. And I mean, really mean, for, less, for us, it went super fast. I mean, this was yeah. like... Uh, it usually know, does. It does. That was fun. Yeah. It was. All right. Well, uh, again, thank you for uh, for the vivacious Chris Cordani being here today to help uh, guide us. 
the ever effervescent Elizabeth Brankenkamp here to help uh, guide us through. And uh, thanks to Congressman Ken Buck. Ken is a good stand-up guy, understands, uh, has a great grasp of the issues. I, mean, I appreciate the conversation regarding his book, Crushed, Big Tech's War on Free Speech. And uh, obviously, we are sponsored by our friends at Sig Sauer. We are powered by Sig Sauer. Never settle. Uh, I've had a choice of what I carry in combat. I've always carried SIGs. I use them today. You cannot get a better weapon than Sig Sauer. So, and we are on the America Out Loud talk radio network. Also available on the America Out Loud podcast network. Check us out, all of us, our, our team, projectsentinel.net and londoncenter.org. And of course, we're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, and all the other social media sites, which hopefully aren't manipulated algorithmically by the bad guys. Just saying. <laughs> Right. Anyway, that's it for today. Uh, thank you for being on, uh, joining us on The Hard Truth, Tony Schaefer, and we'll see you again real soon. Thank you.